Welcome, everybody, to episode 353 of the RV Podcast. And this week, we have our friends Mark and Julie Bennett. They're going to talk to us about a new book that they've written, which I think you're going to really like and be interested in, about RV hacks. 400 of them. 400 of them. Count them. Plus, we've got RV lifestyle news, comments, your questions, travel tips and ideas, and another Hidden Gems campground that few people know about. So stay with us. We've got lots in this episode of the RV Podcast. Welcome, fellow travelers. It's time for another episode of the RV Podcast. Answering your questions, sharing tips, suggesting great trips and off-the-beaten-path adventures, and always staying on top of the RV lifestyle news you need to know about with great interviews and inside industry information. Here's your hosts, award-winning journalists Mike and Jennifer Wendland. This is episode, can you believe it, 353 of the RV Podcast. How time flies when you're having fun. There you go. There you go. We don't know how you're watching us. You could be watching us on uh, our RV Lifestyle YouTube channel. You could be listening uh, to us uh, through your favorite podcast app. Or you could be uh, listening to us right through our RV Lifestyle travel blog. But however you're listening, we got a lot to talk about today. And we want to thank you for watching us, listening to us, supporting us. Thank you. Subscribe either to the podcast or to the RV Lifestyle YouTube channel or both. That would even be better. Well, most of our time since we last joined you here on the podcast was taken up with the launch of our latest book. It is the 10th of our RV Lifestyle Travel Guides. And it's a great topic, our five great lakes. Five great lakes. And it's something I think people just kind of forget about, all the shoreline that's available for them to uh, explore. We did uh, the U.S. shoreline of all five great lakes. Now, the year we did it, it took us pretty much the whole summer. But it doesn't have to take the whole summer. You can do just a weekend, a week, as much time as you want to do. It's uh, it's a lot of fun, and there is so much to see. Everybody always wants to go to the, you know, to the Pacific Coast or the Atlantic Coast or the Gulf of Mexico, and those are all great spots. We love going there too. But mm -hmm. I don't think most people realize how much shoreline we have around our Great Lakes. So there is a lot to explore, a lot of off-the-beaten-path places. Yep. You can do our tour however you want. You know, we've been talking about it. The, the book was coming. We've been talking about it for weeks and weeks and weeks, and it's finally out. And uh, you'll see in the description below or on your screen or in the show notes, we'll put a link to it. But uh, we're glad it's out, number 10. Now the question is, what do we do next? <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out. Well, we got a bunch of ideas. Mm -hmm. um, one of them is the Bourbon Trail. We think that that is a pretty fun trip in uh, in Kentucky. Uh, and then um, we just did a video series on the Natchez Trace Parkway, and that would make a perfect book because mm -hmm. there's so much to see there. And it then, would be. and then one of our subscribers and viewers they they stayed anonymous. Uh, several months ago, sent us a coffee table book called um, Road Trip with a Raindrop. And uh, at first I said, what is that? And I started reading it, and it is it has absolutely uh, captivated me. 
Uh, it is a trip on the Great River Road that starts in Minnesota and makes its way all the way down the Mississippi River to where it uh, empties into the uh, Gulf of Mexico in New Orleans. And that would that's right up our alley. So we're thinking of, of that as well. If you have any ideas, we'd love to hear about them, right? We certainly would. Just send us whatever you think. Uh, our address is uh, just, and you can reach us at this address for anything, uh, Mike and Jen at rvlifestyle.com. Mike and Jen at rvlifestyle.com. Let us know what you think that uh, that would be good, and we'll, uh, we'll uh, take it all into consideration. But uh, more books come, 10 of them out there now. Those are our travel guides, and we have a couple of others, and um, we uh, we enjoy putting out those books. I mean, I think that's half of the fun of, of taking our trips, because we say, oh, this will be great for the book. Mm -hmm. Get lots of pictures, lots of stories. Yep. Captivate as much as we can. All right. Um, so those are, uh, that's where we've been doing and what we're now thinking about doing so we can plan out another trip. But we've got some feedback from our listeners that we want to share with you. Uh, we love it that you send us photos and links to things that you find that's interesting. And it, it's kind of like we have this great network of reporters out there. And uh, we've got uh, several that we want to talk about in the podcast. Deborah Jackson posted in our RV Facebook group a picture of a truly crowded campground. We all talk about how crowded it can be, but I think this wins a prize. Yeah, and this was, uh, it showed a, an RV with a small little slide on it. And then, I mean, a foot away, the people in the lot next door had pitched a temp, a tent. And at first we saw the photo, and what did you think? I thought it was part of the family. Yeah, that it was, you know, a big group. Kids, big but group. But they said, no, they were their next-door neighbors, <laughs> and they described them as being, she described them as being very friendly neighbors, and uh, uh, said maybe uh, they'll be willing to move the tent so she can brush off uh, her slide when it's time to close up a tent. It's a good thing her slide didn't extend any farther than it did. So that was posted on our RV Lifestyle group on Facebook. Another member of our RV Lifestyle group, John Setner, sent us a picture that's something that we all worry about if we have a slide. Yeah, I'll say. Uh, this picture was of, uh, of an RV going down the interstate, I believe, and the slide, the rear slide, was fully extended. Now, I don't know whether it, it, it you know, it could... Something broke? It could have been it broke, and, and they have to take it in to get repair, and they're driving down the road with it open like that. They at least are in the right-hand lane. Or it could have just opened en route uh, as they were driving. Uh, John uh, sent the picture saying they can't possibly... Not know, right? <laughs> I think they must be taking it someplace to get it fixed because they're way to the right. He's yeah. almost driving on that white line. Yeah, he's on the on the far right hand I mean, lane. There's no way that you don't know that you've got that situation. <laughs> but anyway, um, I'm sorry it happened to that group. And yes. Anybody with a slide, that's that's, that's your nightmare. Like... <laughs> the next thing we want to share was sent by another one of our uh, Facebook members, and it was actually. <laughs> of an RV demolition derby. And uh, I didn't even know they had such a thing. And maybe they don't in this country, but this one was in the Netherlands and uh, from a place called the Auto Rodeo in the Netherlands. And, uh, you know, it's a big racetrack and everybody's pulling caravans, as they call them in, in Europe, which are trailers. Uh, 
ten smashing into each other, and they go around and around. The the stands are packed. I noticed that they they shot this on the Fourth of July. Hmm. Doesn't that make you cringe? Oh, I just can't believe the people in the Netherlands are that crazy. <laughs> I, I can't imagine anybody uh, wanting to watch something like this. I mean, it's uh, for those of you who are listening to the podcast, it would be worth it for you to go look at this on our RV Lifestyle YouTube video version of the podcast because we show it. But uh, these trailers, they just they just break apart and uh, they they scatter all over the roadway. You know how people always give us in the States a bad rap for being crazy? Yeah. The, <laughs> Wasteful, the destructive. Auto, the auto rodeo in the Netherlands. The uh, RV demolition derby. Um, it just is a bit cringeworthy, if you ask me. It's a bit cringeworthy. But then I'm thinking about Spain, the, the running of the bulls. So I guess there's a lot of things they do in Europe that are a little strange to me. Yeah. Well, those of you on YouTube saw it. Those of you who are listening to the podcast, um, go back uh, when you get a chance. And uh, you, can, uh, you can just scroll up to this part of the video podcast and you can see what we're talking about. We had been talking about the lack of inventory and how the factories are doing their best, but the shortage of parts and everything is making it hard to supply all the different dealers with all the different models and RVs to sell that they wish they had, that they normally have. Well, we got this from a follower named Wayne. My wife and I are looking to buy our first motorhome, probably a Class C or B+. Right now, our biggest problem is finding a way we can test drive the model we're interested in. Either the dealers don't have them in stock, or they're in stock but pending sale, so we can't take them for a test drive. And in one case, the dealer wouldn't let us drive a unit that was on the lot because we weren't ready to buy yet, and he didn't want to put miles on a new unit. Wow. <laughs> Wayne, I feel your, I feel your pain. Uh, you should not buy an RV if it's a motorhome without driving it. I mean, really should drive it. We have had we have heard some real horror stories about people who have bought RVs, you know, sight unseen or without trying them out or driving them. Didn't we even run into one woman who broke her leg or her ankle or something? Yeah, she hurt herself. The bed was too high. She was rather petite, and uh, she couldn't get off the bed. <laughs> On the bed, she just had a terrible time. I guess she needed a little step there. That I don't mean to be laughing at her expense, yeah. but but you know. Yeah, she hurt herself, and they sold the unit. They so, didn't keep it. So Wayne, thanks for sharing that, and I, I've heard that from others that uh, you know they want to see stuff. There are some RV shows coming. The next big one is uh, in uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania. I think it's the second week of September. We'll be there. Uh, but then I've heard uh, some rumors that um, some RV manufacturers, because they just don't have inventory, won't be there. Uh, I don't know how much to believe on all of that. Uh, I know we're going to show up and we'll show you what the show is like. We'll show you what the show is like. How's that? <laughs> All right, and then uh, we also got uh, this message from a couple of our followers, Martin and Cindy, and uh, they have noticed uh, our stories about Bo, our Norwegian Alcon, who we travel with, and we have been pretty honest, I think, about some of the challenges that you face when you RV with the dog. Uh, here's what uh, Martin and Cindy had to say. We want to thank you for being honest about the challenges of traveling with a dog. We wish we had found you, too, before we rescued a 55-pound mixed dog. 
We love Barney like crazy, but we're finding that dogs are often prohibited on hiking trails. And what do you do when you want to eat at restaurants, tour a museum, or go to a movie? And we hate boarding him or leaving him with others. He has separation anxiety. So do we. Keep telling it like it is, Mike and Jen. Martin and Cindy. Um, I know that separation anxiety. Um, the dogs do. They get very dependent on you, and you're in a different location they don't like being there alone. And uh, we also have separation anxiety. And we're going on a trip in a couple of weeks uh, to Nashville. It's, it's, I don't know, it's a family trip, right? We're staying in a big fancy hotel down there. Mm-hmm. And that we can't take Bo. So we don't know what to do with Bo. Uh, and, you know, separation anxiety. We know several people that have left their pets. And they've died. I mean, this yeah. is, you know, like incredible. You don't expect a pet to die when you're gone. And I think it's particularly something to consider right now with COVID, where people have been home with their pets all the time, and their pets truly are used to being with them. Yeah. So I don't know what we're going to do in Nashville. I mean, we actually have thought about, well, let's just not go, but it's it's with <laughs> our family. And then we thought, you know, we could go to an RV park and both let all them stay in the fancy hotel, and we'll stay out in the our RV in the parking. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's going to work. I don't think that is quite right. So I don't know what we're going to do with Bo in Nashville, but uh, but but the the point that Martin and Cindy raise is that this is a concern that I think everybody needs to have. If you RV with your dog, what do you do with them when you? need to leave them for a while. It can be a real hassle, right? It sure can. All right. Hey, thank you guys uh, for all the feedback and uh, for sending us all those interesting photos. And we do so appreciate that. The best way to uh, reach us is Mike and Jen at RVLifestyle.com. Mike and Jen at RVLifestyle.com. And one of the things that we really want you to do, we're having trouble getting people to do this, is take your smartphone, go to video and selfie mode, and ask us a question or send us a comment so we see you. And if you do that, hold it this way in, uh, in, in uh, landscape view, and that way I can run the video in our podcast as well. But we would really like to, uh, to have you do that. The address is Mike and Jen at RVLifestyle.com. We'll be right back after this. Tired of overcrowded campgrounds? Competing for reservations? Paying high fees for sites? Well, ownership is an emerging trend in RVing that might be right for you. Jennifer and I visited The Landings, a lakefront community just west of Nashville, Tennessee, that offers incredible lakefront RV properties up to 70 times the size of typical RV lots with frontage on the biggest lake in Tennessee. We loved it. The scenery is breathtaking, and you own it outright. Not a timeshare. Your property, your way. You can have your own private dock. You can landscape, garden. They're pet-friendly. It's gated and secure with high-speed internet. There's even free RV and boat storage. A wonderful place to make your home base. No more calling around for reservations. It's ready whenever you want. Dockable lakefronts starting at only $59,900. There's financing and big discounts on multi-lot packages. For information, visit rvlakes.com. That's rvlakes.com. Welcome back, everybody, and time for the news of the week. 
So what was your favorite news item of the week? What caught your attention? Well, the New York Times ran a story with pictures about how crowded the campgrounds are. So having the pictures and the New York Times saying this really is true, not just us saying it. <laughs> it's true. We've been saying this now for months, how crowded it is. But the mainstream media, and there's no nothing more mainstream than the New York Times, they did pick this up. And the story, they sent photographers to a number of different uh, parks. Uh, they sent them, let's see, I think they sent them to Grand Canyon. Uh, where else did they and go? And Joshua Tree. Joshua Tree. And, and oh, up in Maine, they went there. Acadia. Acadia National Park. And uh, they had some really great photos and even videos, and it did not look pleasant. Uh, it wasn't pleasant at all. No, not when you're crowded in together and trying to see these views and too many people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how long this is going to last, uh, certainly through the fall. Um, this is, you know, everybody's excited about the RV lifestyle. They're all trying it. It's going to back off. You know it's going to back off a little bit. Uh, but um, for now, we just all have to be really patient. And maybe instead of going to the really well-known big national parks, try to find some of those that aren't so well-known. Well, there's some good news. Uh, you know, the, uh, the West has been experiencing unprecedented heat, and there was a lot of fire damage, particularly up in Arizona around Flagstaff. A number of uh, national forests and uh, wild uh, areas were shut down and closed to camping because of the danger of wildfires. Uh, there had been a ton of wildfires up in that region. And now um, we're glad to report that they are now uh, opening up uh, national forest areas near Flagstaff and northern parts of the state uh, for day entry uh, and for camping. But there are some restrictions, like uh, no campfires, no charcoal grilling. Yeah, and, and you, you need to be vigilant, uh, not do things like uh, they, they point out, don't accidentally drag a chain that could spark a, a blaze if you have, you know, a a towable and those those uh, safety chains mm -hmm. and it's important to monitor fire conditions when you're camping in areas that have been uh, particularly uh, dry as it is in the west now if you're out there camping and you see a lot of smoke the smoke can be very damaging to you you don't want to drive through it you want to get away from that smoke yeah if you've ever uh, driven in in the autumn in a neighborhood and people are burning leaves you notice when you drive through that, you smell those leaves. You know, a mile down the road, you're still smelling that smoke that you pass through. Um, well, smoke, particularly from wildfires, it has these small particulate matters that lodge in your lung. And uh, experts say it, it doesn't take a lot of exposure for that to start to do some serious damage to you, particularly if, you know, you, you're not real healthy and you've had some lung issues and breathing issues. So avoid smoke. Make sure you stay listening to uh, local weather conditions. But good news in Arizona. They're reopening those, uh, those forest campgrounds that they had uh, closed up. Now, we all heard about Tropical Storm Elsa, and it turned into a tornado, and it did some real damage in Georgia. Yeah, it happened actually at a Navy base, uh, and it was the Naval Submarine Base Kings Bay. And like a lot of military installations around the country, they have uh, an RV park associated with them for active uh, service folks and their families to, to come and It was a beautiful campground. Man, that storm caused some really problems, some real big problems. 
The storm went through the uh, eastern coast through the weekend, causing uh, two tornadoes to touch down in New Jersey and uh, caused flooding and high winds. But the one in uh, in Georgia, the damage it did, it, it overturned, I think, a dozen RVs, injured 10 campers. They're all uh, recovering, you know, just fine. But... I think we, we report this just to let you know uh, when you hear that bad weather is coming and you're camping, make sure you know where there is an emergency shelter because uh, RVs, you know, they're not tied down and they're very susceptible to damage and high winds, so be careful. Now our last story comes from Troy, Ohio, sent in by one of our followers named Wanda, and it has to do with a new camping experience. The name of this camping experience is called Float Troy. And you can't use your RV for this, but you can park it in the Treasure Island Park there in Troy. And then what you do is you get it in a little raft, a little little uh, inflatable, and you paddle out into the Great Miami River and you camp for the night on a floating tent. Now, the, the tents, they're permanently tied down. They're not gonna float off in the middle of the night or anything. Yeah, and they cost uh, $85 yeah. a night. And every tent uh, includes equipment to travel to the tent and oars and life best. Okay, so what do you think when you hear about well, that? Well, when you hear about this, the number one thing that comes to mind is what about a bathroom? <laughs> In the middle of the night? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the answer, they say that, by the way, is the number one question that they get as well. And the answer is there's that small raft that you use to paddle out to the tent the floating tent, where well, you can use that small raft to paddle into shore, and uh, at the park there, they keep a restroom open all night long. So you gotta do a little paddling if you have to go to the, uh, the bathroom in the middle of the night. You wanna go try that? Not really. I can just picture somebody saying, how many times have they <laughs> gone into shore? <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, that's our news of the week. And again, if you see something that you think we should know about and should share with uh, the audience, just send it to us at Mike and Jen at RVLifestyle.com. We'll be right back. And when we do come back, it'll be the RV questions of the week. When we're on a road trip, we always seem to find a way to stop at a Camping World Center. There are over 225 Camping World locations across the country. And there's always one close by when we need parts and accessories for our RV or just want to shop. In fact, uh, we have so much fun with uh, Camping World. And as we talk about it, as one of our sponsors, they have agreed to offer a 10% discount. If you use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10, when you buy $99 or more in merchandise, you'll find everything you want from outdoor furniture and appliances, the ones you see us use in our videos and that we talk about here in the podcast. RV extras that include everything from camping chairs to fire pits, electrical accessories, must-have gadgets. Check them all out. And again, don't forget, use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10 when you visit CampingWorld.com. If you've visited an RV park lately, surely, besides all the RVs, you've seen these e-bikes. Jennifer and I are proud e-bike owners, and the e-bike that we chose are Rad Power Bikes. America's number one e-bike brand offering direct-to-consumer pricing on powerful premium electric bikes. Jen and I love our Rad Power Bikes. We use them to go around the campground, to explore the area we're in. 
I have the city bike version. Hers is the step-through model. And those are just two of a whole bunch of different models offered by Rad Power Bikes. All of them can reach 20 miles an hour with zero pedaling. But of course, you can also pedal. And you've got five different levels of pedal assist to make the going just a little bit easier and fun. You can go between 20 to 40 miles on a single charge. Now, here's the deal. You can save $75 off if you use the coupon code RV Lifestyle at checkout. Plus, of course, free shipping. Check them out. Radpowerbikes.com. Welcome back, everybody. It's time now for the RV questions of the week. We've got two of them we're going to do for you this week. And uh, Jennifer, what's the first one? The first question is from a follower named Bill. And Bill says, on your LTV campers, did you ever use the WineGuard Connect Freedom Go cellular data plan? If so, what was your experience? Yeah, he's, WineGuard is selling, says Bill, a plan of 10 gigabytes for $59 for 30 days using the AT&T SIM card pre-installed in the unit. Well, we do have the WineGuard Connect 2 system in our current RV, and we also had it, it came standard, uh, or came as an option that we ordered on our previous system as well. And I gotta tell you, I am, I am not a big fan of the WineGuard Connect 2 system. I think it's pretty expensive, uh, first of all. Secondly, uh, while it does a good job uh, as a TV antenna and it does a good job of bringing in uh, Wi-Fi signals as a kind of an extender for Wi-Fi, it does a terrible job with uh, 4G LTE uh, cellular data. Uh, on our previous unit, I had trouble galore and I had the AT&T system, uh, the AT&T SIM card and it would connect, work for a while, then drop. I'd go to another location, it would connect, then it would say that I needed a software upgrade, I'd go and upgrade the WineGuard software, and it would connect, and then it would drop. And even on the new unit, I have found it very balky. And uh, for that reason, I can't recommend that. And I'm not alone, I've read on a number of different forums, uh, RVers complaining similarly about the WineGuard Connect 2 system. Now, that said, um, their price, even if it did all work, I can't go with their price. They're, they're only selling you 10 gigabytes for $59 a month. Well, I think you can get a, a MiFi card or a Jetpack from Verizon or AT&T and directly with them for 50 bucks a month get, I believe it's 15 gigs instead of 10. Uh, and those I have found work flawlessly. You plug them in, you, you know, they go online, they connect and you're good to go. So um, I'm not a big fan of the WineGuard system, and I certainly am not about ready to recommend their cellular data plan. That's just my experience. I'm sure there are people who are happy with it, but uh, since you asked me, that's what we think. Do you know that every Sunday night for an hour, we have a program called Ask Us Anything, where you can stream in questions that you have on Facebook or YouTube, and we'll do our best to answer them. And it goes 7 o'clock Eastern Time every Sunday night. Now, uh, we're going to play uh, one of the questions that we received uh, a couple weeks ago. I should point out, though, that we're wearing, for those of you watching on our YouTube version of the podcast, we're wearing a bit of patriotic uh, clothes, but that was because that program aired the 4th of July. And a couple of years ago, we bought, we bought some 
garish Fourth of July uh, shirts, and uh, we use them once a year on the Fourth of July when we do our live stream. So that's what we happen to be wearing at this time. Uh, you know, are you a little embarrassed? No. Okay, good. Because <laughs> <laughs> people, the clothes people are, whoa! Uh, and yes, we are patriotic. Uh, but here's one of the questions that somebody asked about our RV lifestyle and our plans for the future. Dennis Ingram. Will we ever see you all upgrading to a Class C or A? Well, we are technically in a C now and have been uh, for the last two RVs we've had, our Unity that we had uh, for a couple of years, and now our Wonder. Which we've just had for a year. Which we've had for one year on June 24th. And those are technically Class Cs. I don't see us getting an A, although I do like that really small axis Class A. It's only 26 feet long, and it's really a nice-looking unit. I mean, ours is almost 25, ours is um, so I like some of the, the smaller, more nimble Class A's that are out there. They could actually tow a small little vehicle with it. But I don't, I don't see that. I do see us perhaps in another Class C. I think. I we, think what makes me sad is that I don't have official beds for grandkids. Yes. Because when we first got our Class B, allegedly you could make the, turn the seats around and make a couple beds. Yeah, it didn't. And we tried doing that, and it, it just didn't work. So, um, and the one we have now, we'd have no room for anyone else. Well, unless they're going to sleep, well, Bo would get pretty mad. They took his floor space. I mean, there really isn't room so, for, to bring grandkids. So, and a lot of people get a tent, put the husband and dog outside, and keep the grandkids inside. That's what they did to me one year. Yeah, we did that once. When we went Actually, camping. it was fun. It was good. It was fun. fun. It was worth it. To, but to I really miss not being able to take grandkids. So, that would be a factor in, in if we pick another RV to get someday. Uh, I don't know. You can't get anything new. They're going to be all grown up. Uh, yeah, our kids would be all grown up. One of them just turned 18. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. Yeah, July 1st. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, that's a that's a point. So, uh, w there will probably be another RV in our future. I just don't know which model yet. And we haven't really started to look because we're so darn happy with what we what we have. You know, what? As long as we keep doing this, we think that it's important that we try and use as many different models as we can. One of the reasons we got the Wonder is that it's on the Ford Transit chassis. And uh, we have all of our other RVs have been on the Mercedes Sprinter chassis. And we felt we really, as, this cha as, this, as the Transit's going on, we really should try that. We thought about getting a Dodge Promaster, but that's, that's smaller than what we want. So we're going to skip on that. But um, would we get another C? Yeah. Would we get a small class A? I won't say no. Jennifer would say no initially on that. She thinks they're too big. But I think if we, we, it, we haven't looked around enough. Maybe I should just say, leave it at that. Uh, we're very happy with what we have, though. So, and, and just to clear up this question, many of you know this, we buy our own RVs. They're not given to us. We buy them. We pay for them. It's kind of like buying a house. You know, once you, we started slow and we got a little, uh, used and you just kept you know trading up but um, uh, but we do buy them ourselves so that's a big factor too is can we afford something else you know i'm a fan of the class b's and even smaller some of those little sporty rigs that they've got out there i find them very cute but we like our c we like that extra room and i'm open to the idea of a small a 
Yeah, those new small A's are um, are really nice. They're very, uh, they're just a little bit more room. They're not that longer than the C, as we said in that uh, Ask Us Anything answer. So, um, you know, we're, I guess we're really open to everything, aren't we? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm thinking about all of our friends who are out there, other influencers, our friends, uh, Mark and Trish uh, from Keep Your Daydream. They just bought, did you see what they bought? I did. A school bus. <laughs> They've gone from... I think a fifth wheel to a little class B uh, to a big Airstream trailer, and now they're in a school bus. Uh, Why not? It's a great looking, it's an old Bluebird bus. And it's fun. You that's, get to see them driving all these different vehicles. That's uh, uh, Mark and Trish over in Keep Your Daydream. You can go check them out. Uh, our friends, uh, the Bradys uh, from Driving and Vibin', I noticed that they're getting a new um, fifth wheel. And the Mortons, uh, our friends, the Mortons, uh, they're uh, upgrading and getting a new uh, truck camper. So that's pretty good. Now, we've been in Class Bs, Class Cs. Um, we had a pop-up at one point. We have uh, have had two towable trailers. So uh, we've, we know that we want a motorhome, although I, I'd be open to a small uh, fifth wheel. We want a motorhome. Uh, and one of the reasons why we trade fairly frequently, maybe not as frequently as these other influencers, but we trade fairly because we want to know um, what other vehicles are like. And so we can answer your questions and we don't say, well, we've never been in a fifth wheel because we've never have driven a fifth wheel. So uh, I'm not going to rule any of that out except to say, as I said in that YouTube thing, I think I'm very happy with what we have now, our, our um, Ford uh, Transit-based uh, uh, leisure travel vans wonder. I really like that with the garage. Mm -hmm. um, we so. do have quite a bit of storage room. But, you know, who knows what the future holds. All right, that's our question and answer times. We love getting your questions. It helps us gauge what we should be reporting on. Um, you can send it to us uh, by email at Mike and Jen at rvlifestyle.com. But can I do another pitch for you to do just so easy? Just take your smartphone, set it up on, on video, and hold it this way in landscape, and just hit the record button and say, hey, Mike and Jen, here's my comments on, you talked about this, this is what I think, or say, here's my question, and then just email that, that file, just email that to us at Mike and Jen at rvlifestyle.com. Now, you don't want to go on and on for three, four minutes because it'll be too big of a file, but uh, send us your questions and comments. We would love to be able to feature more of you especially now that we're doing the video version of the podcast as well. All right. Oh, look, for those of you on video, we just got joined <laughs> got by Bo the, the Elkhound. Yeah. The Bo. Bo wants to know. He heard a question about somebody with dogs, and he wants to know. Actually, um, what Bo wants to know is what time he's going to be fed. <laughs> that's right. He it's does. time. It's his dinner time. As we record this, it's... Uh, it's it's it, Bo's dinner time. <laughs> yeah, that was his gentle reminder that it's time to eat. Mm -hmm. All right. Hey, when we come back, uh, Mark and Julie Bennett, uh, our longtime friends, another uh, uh, YouTube uh, influencer couple, they just came out with a brand new book called RV Hacks. And uh, they have, how many do they have in that book? 400. 400 hacks. And I asked both of them what's their favorite hack, and we'll, uh, we'll see that as well. And I think I'll share mine, too, that I found from the book. So that's coming up in our Topic of the Week right after this. When we're asked what's the most important modification we made to our RV, it's an easy answer. Battleborn batteries. Battleborn batteries are quality, safe, reliable lithium batteries 
that allow us to stay out there off the grid longer. Lithium batteries charge faster, they charge fuller, they're longer lasting, they're maintenance free. And battle-borne batteries are protected by a 10-year guarantee. Now, in our case, they just dropped into the existing AGM batteries that we have. And they'll probably be the same on your rig, too. Battleborn battery experts can get those in your rig just like they did with ours. They can also match you up with the right cabling, the inverter, the charger, the solar controller, everything. Jennifer and I swear by our Battleborn batteries. They allow us to boondock off the grid. Check them out. Go to rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. Let's talk about protecting your RV from the elements. And the best way we know how to do that is with EmpireCovers.com, makers of quality covers for your RV that will protect them from rain, mud, pollen, and other elements that you have to waste your time cleaning or worse that can end up damaging your vehicle. Whether you own an RV, a travel trailer, or a camper, EmpireCovers.com is here to help you protect all your vehicles against Mother Nature. They offer high-quality, affordable covers that are engineered to protect every cover. Comes with a free warranty to guarantee it remains durable. The RV podcast listeners can receive free shipping plus an extra 15% off their entire order. Visit them at EmpireCovers.com slash RV Lifestyle. EmpireCovers.com slash RV Lifestyle. EmpireCovers.com. Protect what you love. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's time now for the uh, topic of the week. And this week, we interviewed our friends, Mark and Julie Bennett from RV Love. And they've written this book about RV hacks. And Mike interviewed them and asked what their favorite hacks were. And Mike is throwing in his favorite. And I think you're going to enjoy this. I want to welcome to the program two of longtime friends, Mark and Julie Bennett, know them as RV Love, and we are excited because they have just released a brand new book, RV Hacks, and there are over 400, you guys, in this book, 400 wow. hacks. 400. <laughs> well, it's good to see you. You are from your RV somewhere in Colorado, which is always a good place to be. Uh, for the folks who, who may be new to RVing or they are unfamiliar with RV love, why don't you give us the thumbnail description? Uh, Julie, start with that and tell us how long yeah. you've been doing it and mark uh, a little bit more about RV love. We, we hit the road as full-time RVers back in 2014, sold our home in Colorado, bought a motorhome and explored all 50 states while traveling, uh, while living, working and traveling from the road, which was amazing to see this country. And uh, we've been sharing his RV love at blog, YouTube, social media, and I've written a couple of books now. And yeah, it's been a wild ride. It's been a great <laughs> ride. Yeah, uh, now, Julie, I know uh, people who may not be familiar with you are going to say, what is that accent? That's not a Southern accent. That's not a British accent. <laughs> it's Julie's way from Aust- But you're from Australia, but you have an announcement to make about that too. You just recently <laughs> became... American citizen. I did. Yes. Actually in February on the 11th and I've been here living here since the end of 2008. And yeah, finally got my US citizenship and my little 
US flag. It was very exciting. Fourth of July felt really different, actually, this year. Being, it's, I can't explain it, but it did feel different. That is great. And Mark, uh, tell everybody about your various platforms that you have and how you guys are uh, celebrating and in, in, uh, enjoying the, the RV love lifestyle. It started off with just a blog and YouTube for fun, and now it's grown. We also have an online school for RV Success School, and then we also have the two books. Of course, we're all over social media with Instagram, Facebook, and all that. Uh, that's yeah, Julia. just started as a labor of love, Mark, yeah. you know, just sharing for fun. And then it, it became popular and everyone started getting into RVing. And we just love creating educational RV content. Let's talk about your book, RV Hacks. It's actually the second book. Your yeah. first book that you guys had is it was a bestseller and it was called Living the RV Life. That's still available, still a great read. But this one is, is, is a little bit different. Why don't you talk a little bit about what RV Hacks is all about? Sure. RV Hacks, our first book that like you said, it was a really big hit and it was living the RV and talking about the overall lifestyle. In this book, we just thought there's so many little things over the years that we've learned that make this lifestyle more easy and more fun. And why not just try and gather all those together and send them out on a book so that can appeal to everybody. And we really like it. It's a lot of fun to read and it's cool for a lot of the audience because they can just pick it up and read it anywhere. They don't have to read it front to back. They can just pick it up and there's six different categories, driving, RV repairs and maintenance, RV lifestyle, which is like cooking and living and decorating. And then there's also kids and pets and also working from the road. And you forgot the big one, RV camping, campgrounds and boondocking. There's 400 of them in there. And I figure, oh, I, I know all these hacks and I have had a ball of it just reading them. And you've done a great job. You've gotten some of your friends who are out there doing kind of the same thing as we all do. And, and they've offered theirs. But let's start off. Mark, what is your favorite hack of all 400 of those? I don't, well, one of them that comes to mind is that was really saved me a lot over the years was to do some body measurements with your slide outs. Assuming you have an RV that has slide outs is when it's out, go outside and put your body next to the RV and put your arm out and see where that slide out ends on your arm so that you have a, a really accurate measurement to be able to guide how much space your slide's going to need when you pull it, put it out. Because a lot of campsites are smaller or there might be an obstacle or you might have pulled in a little bit too far to the left or whatever. And if you walk out of your RV and you can just, before you get all set up, you can just stand next to the RV, put your arm out and know, okay, my slide's going to stop right there. I'm not going to hit any obstacles. And that way you can finish setting up with confidence, knowing you'll be able to put all your slides out because too many times those spaces get a little tight. And that works for basement doors too, because in these big class mm -hmm. A motorhomes that we've had a couple of over the years, they swing way out. And we have had the situation, Mike, where we've been all set up in a campsite, which we did at night, which I recommend, but we did this. And we got all set up and it was one of the, I think it was the second last site in the campground. And then we realized we couldn't get the, we couldn't get the, the door open door fully, all the way open. You know? So we had to pack everything up. I, yeah, so I did the same thing. I have a big uh, garage door on our RV and I had a couple of bikes in there and I got up the next morning and let's go. I'm going to get the bikes out. I, I hit a tree with the thing. I could not open the rest of it. I had to actually 
take all the levelers off, drive forward, move it up. So that's a great tip. Measure it just with your arm and then you kind of know. Julie, what's your favorite of all your 400 hacks in your in your brand new? This is a bit like when everyone asks, where's the best place you've been? It's so hard to pick one, but I, I'm thinking about something that is a bit unusual that maybe some folks haven't heard of. And this one is around food safety. So you know, we keep our RVs sometimes in storage or plugged in, or even if you're just going out for the day. And sometimes as the electricity can go out at a campground. And so what we recommend is take a container of water with a lid, fill it about halfway with water and freeze it. And then when it's frozen, sure. put a, t- a coin on top of the ice. You don't really have to put the lid back on, but we do. Mm-hmm. Put it back in the freezer. So if the power goes out at all, or if your fridge stops working, because let's say the power goes out and then it runs your battery down, and especially if you're gone for an extended period of time, then you will know whether or not the ice has melted and that coin has dropped down. And then if the power comes back on, it refreezes, you'll see that coin is below the water surface. So you'll be able to see whether or not that was impacted. And so that affects your food safety. So if your coin is not sitting on top of the ice, you'll know that it was compromised. And and, and depending on how thick the ice is, where that penny is will give you a rough idea of how long your refrigerator hadn't been working. If it's only a little bit, oh, that's not bad. Here's mine. This is is because it's so much better. It's actually on uh, page 113, and it's about preventing mold and mildew when in humid places. This has been a, a year unlike any other in the Midwest and in the East. It has been incredibly humid out there. And the humidity is not something that a lot of RVers who camp in that region are used to encountering. And so your 185th tip says, when traveling or starting your RV in humid climates to prevent mold and mildew, wipe out an empty fridge and leave the door ajar and keep the cabinet doors open for more air circulation. Water and mold are two of the most common causes of RV damage. And that idea of keeping the refrigerator door open, particularly when maybe you come back home, you park, and you, you turn off the fridge and, and odors will come, mildew can develop, and it can be a mess. That was my favorite tip, and it was very applicable to today's weather. Now, your book is available at bookstores. It's available online, and obviously, yep. we'll put a link to rvlove.com to your website. But this has been a year, as I started to say, weather-wise unlike any other, but it is also a year unlike any other for trying to get camp space and find spots. What's your assessment of where we are in terms of this crazy boom that we're in? And and any advice to folks, maybe from your RV hacks in your book, about what they need to do to uh, help find those campsites that they we've definitely seen that the big surge in the interest and it's exciting to see all these new pe- new folks discovering the rv lifestyle but you know julie and i have been able to find spots it's been definitely more challenging mm-hmm. we actually took a 45 foot motorhome down in february and march and april in florida which is peak season in the peak season and we were still able to find spots for it, but we did have to put more effort. It is, yeah, definitely be patient and just have lots of backups. I think a lot of people get very set on, I want to go to this campground at this time and these dates and sometimes even of sight, but you just have to be flexible. Really, that's the key. And just you keep calling around, be flexible. And uh, cancellations happen a lot. A lot of people are hoarding campsites, Mike. You might have seen that too, where they're booking multiple sites or 
booking, even if they don't know if they'll need it, just because they don't want to miss out. And then as the time gets closer, they realise, well, actually, I can't make that camping trip. And they'll cancel it a few days before and then spaces will open up. It might be a little bit more stressful for those that are real planners. And you and Jen wing it more when you're travelling. And we do more now that we have a smaller rig. We're in a little 17-foot camper now. But definitely with a bigger rig, we like planning more. Mm -hmm. But the campsites are out there. I would say go further out than you normally would be looking at. You don't have to be in the heart of the action all the time. And during the middle of the week, if you can. That's during the middle of the week, thing. you can almost always get in, and that's a key part. I hope uh, we get to run into you guys, not literally, but we get to spend <laughs> some time around a campfire with you this year. Although it's crazy out there this year, it's so much better than uh, 2020 was. Uh, we wish you guys great success with the book. It's going to do really well. Tell everybody what you're in now, by the way, because it's a little different than the last time we talked. What are you, what's your RV? This is a 17 foot Casita. It's a 2019 Casita Freedom Deluxe and it's pretty small living space. I can actually literally touch both sides of the walls inside and it's 14 feet inside front to back. You have to it's really compact. love your spouse to want to be hanging yeah. out in one this small. Casita is just a really neat little brand. Everybody who has one of those just absolutely loves it. Mark yeah. and Julie Bennett from RV Love have been our guests. Their new book, RV Hacks, links in the description below and in the show notes for this podcast. Guys, thanks so much for being a part of the RV podcast this week. Thank Always you, good Mike. to see you, Mike. Always a pleasure. Say hi to Jen. Bye now. I will. That was a fun interview and a very helpful book. Yeah, uh, it's always fun to have Mark and Julie on the podcast. All right, when we come back, it is time for that uh, new feature we've been doing called Hidden Campground Gems. Everybody says you can't find a camping spot. And while it might be a little more challenging, uh, our friend Mark Cap from campgroundviews.com has been uh, showing us really great campgrounds all around the country that maybe aren't on everybody's radar that you can get in this week. And not only does he tell us about the campgrounds, but through video, he shows us the actual campgrounds. So another hidden campground gem, this one in North Carolina, coming up when we come back. All RVers need specialized emergency transportation coverage to cover air and ground ambulances, return to home services, and vehicle return. You only have a 68% chance that those services will be completely covered by your major medical. The sad reality is that a lot of people believe they have that coverage, but it turns out most carriers that claim to cover air ambulances only cover you for a hospital-to-hospital transfer and offer no coverage to get you to the initial hospital in the first place. The truth is 68% of air ambulances are hospital-to-hospital. Here's a map of all the places in the U.S., that getting to the hospital in the golden hour is not possible without an air ambulance. And with an average cost of $52,481 for an air ambulance, why would you take the risk? Go to peaceofmindforrvs.com today and take a look at the true emergency transportation coverage they offer that covers it all. The coverage can save your life and your life savings. Check it out, peaceofmindforrvs.com. Jennifer and I are members, and we urge you to consider it too. Peace of mind for RVs.com. Hey, fellow travelers. Want to have your voice featured on the RV podcast? Send us your questions or comments. Send an audio file to Mike at RVLifestyle.com. Or better yet, use our RV podcast voicemail number, 586-372-6990. 586-372-6990. We want to hear from you. Call 586-372-6990.
Have you had it with overbooked, overcrowded campgrounds? Then check out Harvest Hosts, where RVers can overnight for free at more than 2,400 wineries, farms, microbreweries, golf courses, and attractions. Harvest Host is a membership service for those with self-contained RVs looking for unique, beautiful, and peaceful overnight camping experiences across North America. When you become a member of Harvest Host, you can camp for free at all these places. Jennifer and I are Harvest Host members, and we've made so many great memories at Harvest Host locations. There's no charge for camping, and your Harvest Host membership fee is easily made up with just a couple of stays. Plus, you have awesome places to stay. If you use our special affiliate link of rvlifestyle.com slash hh, you'll automatically get 15% off the cost of your membership. That's 15% off, but you must use the special link, rvlifestyle.com slash hh. All right, time now for Hidden Campground Gems, another one of our regular weekly features here on the podcast. And have you ever booked a campsite and you think it, it sounds good, looks good, you look at the map when you're booking, and then you get there and you're so disappointed? That is uh, something that many of us have experienced. Yeah, it's not just us. I think everybody so has experienced that. That's one of the neat things about Mark Kep's campgroundviews.com. It's a uh, membership uh, web service that has incredibly uh, put video together of some of the most desirable campgrounds around. And every week, Mark has been coming along and sharing one of those uh, hidden campground gems with us. And the one thing that uh, we like to insist on is that these are places that are not all booked up for the rest of the year, that these are actually places that you could, can find through his hidden uh, Campground Gems report, and the link that we'll give you on it, and actually book. So um, where's he taking it this, this week? To the Yadkin River in North Carolina. Another hidden Campground Gem. Thank you, Mike, and hello, everybody. Mark Cap here. Today, I'm gonna to take you to the state of North Carolina on the east coast of the United States, and instead of a campground, that's going to be our Hidden Gem campground. This is actually our Hidden Gem RV Park of the week. What makes this location special is that it was built and opened last year, and it's currently run by the same people who built it. They are RVers, like all of us. So they thought they could build it better, and truthfully, based upon the reviews, they did. The RV Park is called Riverwalk RV Park on the Yadkin River. It's located in the state of North Carolina, and as I hover over their name, you'll see the um, icon kind of radiating in the center there. It's located to the west of Winston-Salem and north of Charlotte. A rural area, so there's a lot of small town uh, feel. There's a lot of um, small town events. There's wine tasting in the area. Just a really fun environment. The reviews for this park are off the charts, positive. Just five stars across the board on whatever search engines you go to. Just really really well rated. This is a hidden gem because they do have sites available during the week. Weekends are booked up, but during the week they do have sites available and well worth the trip if you're in the area to stay there on a discounted rate during the week. They're located on the Yadkin River and what's really special about it is they are building a community around their park. Their, their fans, the people that stay there come again and again. The owners, as I noted, are RVers like all of us, and they've built this really fun environment. And they've laid the RV sites out in a way that most of us would lay them out if we were running our own RV park. So 
Really good spot, Riverwalk RV Park on the Yadkin River located in Jonesville, North Carolina is our hidden gem RV Park of the Week. Back to you, Mike. All right, Mark is with campgroundviews.com. You want to remember that address? Because if you do join that uh, as a uh, follower of the RV podcast, um, you can get a nice discount on your membership fees. But it's a really neat service. It uses some uh, some really uh, next-generation software that taps into the recreation.gov website and the listing of their massive database of all the campgrounds. And you can actually see... Uh, in many cases, 360-degree video of the different campsites that are available. It is really revolutionary technology that will help you actually book a campground right now that you can get in. Um, so we want to urge you to just go check them out. Uh, it's uh, campgroundviews.com. And if you use the promo code RV Lifestyle, you will get uh, a nice little discount on your membership. So check it out, uh, uh, campgroundviews.com. And now it's time for our weekly part of the podcast where we hear from Tom and Patty Burkett where they take us to great places. All of them off the beaten path. And uh, this time it's to an off the beaten path report from Rule, Ohio. Hey, Jennifer and Mike. I'm off on Thursdays and weekends. When do you want to come? Teresa Rayner was matter of fact when we called with a request she'd likely heard a thousand times before. We arrived at Rayner's Garage, driving down Rayner Road, in the town of Ava, Ohio. The five or so square blocks of the town tumbled down a hillside toward the west fork of Duck Creek in coal mining country. Brian Rayner, who passed away in 2013, was the town mechanic, as was his father. And while locals might know the two men for their skills with a wrench and a tire iron, thousands more know them as the curators of the museum we'd come to see, a museum in a 30-foot travel trailer. The Shenandoah was a novel and extraordinary craft, a rigid airship built at the Naval Air Station in Lakehurst, New Jersey. It was the first such craft to be filled with helium rather than the much more dangerous hydrogen, and its skin was coated with cattle intestines in the form of gold beater's cloth, the most gas-impervious fabric known at the time. Filling it took almost all the world's reserves of helium and it was years before a second ship could be filled. It first flew in 1923 and was christened with a Native American name believed to mean Daughter of Stars. In 1925 this marvel of technology designed to scout for enemy ships and the feared U-boats of World War I set off on a 40-city tour of the heartland stopping at fairs and expositions. Caught in a violent updraft on the first day of its celebratory flight, it was carried farther aloft than its gas bags could accommodate and broke apart in the skies over southeastern Ohio. It crashed in three sections on three local farms. Fourteen members of the crew were killed, but miraculously, twenty-one survived. Within days, the crash sites were swarmed by curious locals and visiting adventure seekers who carried off much of the wreckage. As a boy, Brian Rayner began collecting anything he could find related to the Shenandoah. After all, his family had sold soda pop and ice water to the gawkers who came to look and collect souvenirs. Over his lifetime, he amassed an impressive collection of artifacts, many of which were sent to him by family members of those who'd carried them off in the first place. Some, too, came from relatives of the crash survivors who appreciated his efforts to commemorate the event. 
When Teresa married Brian, the collection was strewed around the garage, arranged in bits here and there where there was room. After a request to set up a history display in a local store window, the Rainers traded for a used travel trailer and remade the inside with the help of neighbors and friends. Teresa continues the family avocation, still collecting and opening the museum for those who inquire about it. Sometimes it travels to local schools for a history event. The best part, though, she says, is when the survivors or their relatives come to visit. They're so excited and grateful to see that their family's little part of history is still remembered. And remembered it is. The local high school mascot is the Zeppelin. Go Zeps, the sign says around the buildings and athletic fields. Three markers commemorate the crash locations, and if you look closely, you can see an American flag waving next to a sign marking one of the sites on a once-isolated farm now split by Interstate 77. Vintage RVs are one thing, but an RV full of little-known history is something else again. And if you're patient and keep your eyes peeled, you can still see it out here off the beaten path. Leave it to the Burkitts to find uh, that little uh, museum. And, uh, you know, I, I, ask, I ask them when we are with them, how do you guys find these spots? And many times, uh, they're always doing research. They're always looking for stories and clipping stories they see and saving them as bookmarks. But many times it's just being curious and following, you know, a roadside sign for some obscure museum. Or if you have lunch or a meal at a small local restaurant, ask what they're proud of in that community or what do you need to see when you visit through that part of the country. Yeah. Off the Beaten Path with the Burkitts, a regular feature on the podcast. You can also uh, see many of the Burkitts uh, videos on the RVLifestyle.com travel blog. Speaking of which, it's time to wrap this podcast up and post it on the travel blog as well as on YouTube and as well as uh, all of the apps that you use to listen to us. Thank you guys so much uh, for listening to the podcast. Please tell others about it. Give it a thumbs up and uh, share it and uh, tell others to, to subscribe as well. We're Mike and Jennifer Wenland, and it's always a pleasure to be with you. Thank you very much. Happy trails.